I'm Pastor Andrew, and uh, it, as you guys know, it's a crucial time. Um, you know, President uh, Trump called us to uh, pray, it's a, you know, come together and pray today, and, and so I would love to pray, and then also Pastor Ken is going to pray as well. So this is a time of prayer. We want to focus really on family. And, uh, and so I chose to do a few scriptures out of Proverbs 3, 5 uh, through 8. And so I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and you'll make your path straight. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh, refreshment to your bones. So we take a look at what's going on. It, it seems like there's a lot of, it's just chaos right now. And uh, so we know that schools are going to be out for a couple weeks. We know that uh, finances, might, finances might be tight. We know that health, uh, we take a look right now. We're, we're curious and worried, maybe a little bit about health and and so what I want us to do at this moment, instead of choosing to worry, we choose to trust. And so that's the first area I love for us to pray together in, is to choose to trust the Lord and choose to not look with our own eyes at what's going on around, but actually ask the Lord for His wisdom and for His eyes and for His knowledge and His refreshment and His healing. And so let's just, the first area I love to pray on is these things. So Father of glory, we ask at this moment that we would choose to trust in you. That we choose to trust in you in our finances. That we choose to trust in you with our health. Lord, we don't know exactly what's going to take place or what's going to happen. I ask for an increase of faith and not fear. I ask, Lord, for an increase of acknowledging you in all our ways, acknowledging you, knowing that you're going to direct our paths, knowing that you're going to bring forth healing and refreshment to our bodies and to our bones. So, God, we want to receive that impartation today from you. God, we, we ask, Lord, that any thought that comes in that is worry or fear-based, God, we I ask that we grab that thought captive and give it back to you and receive today trust and faith in you. So here we are, God. We ask for that. If we have received fear and worry what it's going to look like, I ask today that you break that off, that you would raise up families, that you would raise up parents to teach their kids at such a time as this to trust in you. And, and our next scripture is uh, John 14, 27. It says this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Let me say that again. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. At this very moment, let's receive his peace. Let's just receive his peace that surpasses all understanding. Let's see, receive the peace that calms the storm. Let's stand in peace. And let me pray that. 
Jesus, you are peace. You are the Prince of Peace. We welcome your peace into our hearts, into our minds. God, we ask, Father, that we know that what's going on around us, everybody's reacting. Father, I ask, Lord, that we would react, but Lord, that we would turn to you and receive the peace. The peace, Lord, that that surpasses, like I said, all understanding. But God, we ask, Father, that we would not give in to what the world is doing. But Lord, that we would stand firm in your peace, that we would welcome your peace. God, that we would have rest in the midst of what's going on. Lord, I I pray that your peace would come over bodies, that your peace would come over households, the peace that brings forth healing. And Lord, I ask and I declare any family, any child, any person right now that is battling this sickness of the coronavirus right now, that sickness would die. I just declare healing over that sickness. I declare justice over that whatever's wrong, you make it right. I thank you that your blood is bigger than this, the coronavirus. Your blood is bigger than that. And so, Lord, we just thank you, God, that you're breathing healing right now at this moment. And lastly, I'd love to declare this. Psalm 91, 10 through 11. It says this, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. So, Lord, I just declare that over each household, over each child, over each parent, over each family member today, that no plague, no evil will come over you. That God is surrounding you with with a hedge of protection today, at this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'd love to invite Pastor Ken up. And I want to encourage you to contend all day and throughout the weeks to stay in this posture of prayer. Thank you, Pastor Andrew, for the great, great time together. My scripture is the whole 15th chapter of John, and I'm not going to read it all to you. It would take too long. But anyway, there's something about this chapter that I started with the men's breakfast last week, and I just haven't been able to get away with it. It it just keeps coming over me. Because part of it is that the word that Jesus uses in here, minyal, is that we have to translate it, say remain, stay, or abide. And I've discovered over the years of ministry that if any one of these gets left out, we start hurting. Spiritually, physically, we hurt. And so I want to encourage you. This, these words, just to me anyway, are so profound, makes it so intimate for us to endure a relationship with Him. It's pleasing that He's with us. And the presence is everything in the Christian life. Amen? It's everything in the Christian life. I can't tell the story, but afterwards you've asked me about it, and I'll tell you. (laughs) John's whole thought in this chapter is that we should be remaining in him right now. 
We should be remaining in Him. Not worried about this, not worried about that, not thinking what's going to happen a week from now, two weeks from now. You know, I don't know about anybody else, but our God is alive and well. And He will not fail His people. And the one thing, it's one thing for us to choose God, it's another thing to grow in Him every day. You know, all these things that are happening right now, He's going to help us grow. He's going to spiritually get a hold of us. Remaining in Christ is an enduring love for Him. My wife said this morning, real quickly, that 51 years, and I don't think I've ever loved you more because we have remained growing together. And I thought, wow, is right. Because she's going through a lot of stuff. But you know what? Her sound believing is that this enduring love that God gave us 51 years ago, guess what? It's not going to end today. It's not going to end because the news gets clicked on and says, hey, look what's going on. It's not going to change. So, his love is so enduring, his fellowship is sweet. It is sweet. And church, really, that's all we need. His love, his grace. Jesus intended for all of us to be his followers in joy, no matter what's going on. This isn't a suggestion, church. John didn't say, I want you to think about this and go pray about it. No, it's a command. Do this. Do this. Remain in me. Abide in me. As branches. And you and I are branches. As branches. Part of the tree. Our task is to remain attached at all times. And if he wants to do some pruning, he does it. Not you. He does it. Church, are we abiding? Are we abiding in Him? During this hard time, we need to abide in Him totally. Faith is an intimate trust in God. Amen, amen, and amen. It does not hinge on what the world says to us. It hinges on what His Word says to us. Don't allow the busyness of what's going on right now to rob you of your close walk with Him. He wants you to be right with Him. It is one thing, and this is from my wife, it is one thing to choose God's way, it's another thing to grow in the process of being more like Him. And sometimes He has to put His thumb in your back like we as parents put a thumb in our children's back. <laughs> and this morning, early, I asked the Lord for a special prayer. Special prayer. Lord, it is an awesome responsibility to reflect your image and your glory to the world. But it's an awesome privilege also to stand with you in the midst of turmoil. Give us at Cornerstone opportunities to do just that. And to let people see God is still on the throne. Lord, let us hear you clearly. You promise that we can and your voice is vital if we are to carry out your will and fulfill the destiny you have given this church. Please speak to us in a way that we can understand and give us faith, hope, and joy to believe that what we have heard he will do.
Thank you, Pastor Ken and Pastor Andrew. You know, as your pastor, I've been, as I've been sharing on social media and email all week, various thoughts and, and uh, trying to be as informed as we possibly can. And it's a joy just again for those who may be tuning in right now. Welcome to our online service here at Cornerstone. Uh, my name is Chad. And uh, as one of the pastors here, it's just a joy to say uh, we're here for you. Part of the reason as I was planning this service with my friends was I wanted you to understand that just because our Sunday gatherings are um, canceled at this point, our pastoral desire to partner with you in your growth in Christ hasn't diminished. Uh, in fact, if anything, as, as Pastor Andrew and I have been sharing with each other, we're very zealous to lean into this unique window of time to empower and equip you, our people, on what it means to, like Pastor Ken just said, to abide in Christ, to experience the riches of his love. In fact, um, I'm going to be posting on social media and our website later, but I emailed this morning early. I've written a, uh, a guide through the Gospel of John that looks at the various dynamics of Jesus's identity. And it's meant to be read with the Gospel of John as just a, over these next few days and weeks to, as a church, feast on the reality that we have access to in Jesus together. So today, you know, what is, what is Pastor Chad going to share with his people uh, scattered all throughout our region watching online? Um, uh, as I was praying, and, 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 and like I usually do all throughout the week and, and meeting with the Lord, I, I just had this phrase drop in my heart, and I believe it's from the Lord. Um, you know, with the NBA, the MLB, the MLS, March Madness, even though the KU Jayhawks were the number one rated overall team in the nation, I'm not bitter. The stock market rising and falling, travel and governmental quarantines and self-quarantines. And you just look at the landscape and say, man, what is the church's response in this hour? If that's too impersonal, then take it further. What is my response for this hour? What is your response for this hour? See, the reality is church was never about a building or a place you go to. Yes, we go to places and we gather with friends, but church is fundamentally a call upon God's people. The called out ones, those who come out of the ways of the world, those who come out of anxiety and fear, those who come out of selfishness and hoarding and come into the light of the love and power of Jesus that we call the gospel of the kingdom. So what is our response? I'm not going to stand and act like I'm an authority on health or public safety, but as your pastor, I humbly present these few things. Number one, that the best thing the church has always had to offer each other and the world is Jesus. I know, super bright, super profound, but as I've sat on this truth all week, the reality is I believe it more now than I ever have. What we're seeing is even if you strip away all of our corporate services, all of our pretty lights and amazing sound systems and social media presence, you cannot strip away the central foundational reality of our faith, which is Christ and Him crucified, resurrected, ascended, and soon coming. Jesus is the hope of our hearts, of our church, for now on to the age to come. 
What does the church have to offer? What is our unique contribution to our culture, to our families, to our colleagues at work, to our classmates in school, to those around us, and certainly, beloved, to each other? Jesus is the best news, not just out there, but in your living room with those you do life with. I know it's simplistic. It may even sound trite. Okay, Pastor Chad, Jesus, whatever you think, it's true. Jesus is and forever will be the best thing the church has going for her. And there's a passage that just illustrates this perfectly. It's found in Acts chapter 3. So read along with me in your living room, on your smartphone, your TV, wherever you're streaming live right now or watching in replay mode. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet, and he began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. This is the word of the Lord, church. Thanks be to God. I love this passage, and there's so much to glean, but I want to be brief, at least as brief as Pastor Chad can be. Friends, in this season of pruning, in this season of even forced paring back, rethinking, renegotiating our regular, regular rhythms and routines, and as we find an interruption to our schedule, I believe there are two choices. Viewing them as inconveniences, and yes, at some level, many of these things are inconvenient. But what if the church viewed them as an invitation to an open door? And friends, I'm here to announce that that door is called Jesus and his kingdom way. For so many of us, we can be like the beggar, even those who are good, upstanding, even churchgoers, but we sit in our lame condition, hand out, hoping that someone could give us something that if you're a believer, you have no clue the riches of what you already possess in Jesus. So many of us are unaware that our greatest need is not for more of this or more of that. Our greatest need is for greater revelation of who we are in Christ as royal sons and daughters of the Most High God. 
So many of us, especially in seasons of interruption and inconvenience, we look down, we look within, we start counting all the ways that we don't measure up or we don't know how we'll make it and unbelief can begin to creep in. And friends, this is not to condemn or shame. This is to sound the alarm to say there's a better way than unbelief. Friends, you and I have access to the promises and provision of God through Christ. We don't have to sit like that beggar, powerless or crippled and asking amiss. Friends, you and I, because we are sons and daughters of God, whatever your current reality is, and unlike so many who are posting memes and, 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 and sleight of hand jokes, and yes, this is a pastoral moment, stop it, that doesn't help anybody. Be a life-giving voice. I just got a call today of someone that I know who is really struggling with sickness. What we need in this hour is not sarcasm. It's not to trivialize or to ostracize. What we need is a pressing into the reality that God has made available to every person in Jesus. Interestingly, what we find in this passage is the apostles are going to the place of prayer. The place that for many of us, if we're honest, and we've been talking about it at our church for months since 2020, the place most neglected and uninhabited for so many of us can be the place of prayer. And can I, as your pastor, bang the same drum again this morning? We cannot afford to forsake the place of prayer. It's so significant that the linchpin, that the anchor point, this story would not even have been in the scriptures had the apostles not put first thing first in their life, which was developing life-giving rhythms of prayer, both individually and corporately. And I want you to know, as some of you have asked, we are going to continue our altar ministry. Instead of doing it in the little room, in the choir room, we're gonna do it right here in the worship center, Monday through Wednesday, from 12 to 1 p.m., as well as Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. We're gonna do it in the worship center so we can continue to honor safe and guidelined uh, social distance. But friends, we're not forsaking the place of prayer, not personally and not as a church. So we wanna invite you to the altar this week as we continue to follow the developments around us. On the way to the place of prayer, they find someone in need. And friends, if you and I will adopt the posture of Jesus, the, the posture of the early church, the posture of the saints, past, present, and current, if we'll say yes to the invitation to relational partnership, to saying yes to what Pastor Ken said and Pastor Andrew, not leaning on our own understanding, but pressing into abiding in the life-giving vine of Jesus, you and I will be ready for those things that present themselves around us. Prayer not only sensitizes and makes you ready to receive the riches of Christ, it also enables you to become a conduit of those riches to those around you. We will not forsake prayer. Say it with me on your screen, whatever screen you're watching it. We will not forsake the place of prayer. Like the beggar, most of us are really good at misdiagnosing our problems. Now, unless you're one of those that does not have toilet paper at your house, and yes, that is a joke. 
Many of us are really good at being worried or anxious about many things, but in that state of confusion, very few of us see clearly to identify what our actual need is. The beggar thought he needed more money. You may think you need more fill in the blank, but what the apostles knew was our need Whatever we think it is, whatever shape or size, it flows from God's provision in Christ. In the West, and me personally, I've very often in the church, and especially in hours like this, I've, I've misdiagnosed. I've thought if we had a little bit more of this or a little bit more of that as a church, then we'd be more fruitful or faithful. And I, I want you to know that this is a season, a unique season to renegotiate, re-look and say, Holy Spirit, show us our lack and then show us the provision we have in Christ together. The apostles were going to the place of prayer. How about you? How about me? How about us? And it's so significant that the very next chapter, Acts chapter four, verse 29, it's after they got in trouble for healing this guy in the name of Jesus. They're crying out for more spirit-filled boldness, more spirit-filled power to proclaim and demonstrate the gospel of a God with fearless love and power of signs and wonders. And friends, I don't know about you, but I could use some of that in my life. I could use some of that in my everyday life. I could use some of that when the conversation turns south into anxiety, into fear, to be able to shift the narrative humbly, tenderly, but with bold love because we're asking rightly, we're diagnosing rightly. Going to the place of prayer is the first point of this passage. If we'll say yes to that, we can be confident that the Holy Spirit will lead us in the days today and the days ahead. If you were here in the room with me, I would say, can I get an amen? So just say amen with me wherever you're walking. What's so powerful is that this brand new movement called The Way, the way of Jesus. They didn't have the glitz and the glam. They didn't have really beautiful buildings as ours is amazing or technology. All that they had was the kingdom of God coming in power. And friends, what if, and I am not saying God is causing what's happening in the earth right now, but I am saying God can use anything for his glory and our good. God can turn stories, turn narratives, turn tragedies. And, 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 and through any means necessary, God can awaken us to the reality of which he's invited us to pursue and partake. And friends, that is the kingdom of God. People are looking for a kingdom, even today. They're looking for, don't think you're the only ones that understand the, the reality of not being able to gather today. It's everywhere, all over the news. And friends, in the midst of people searching and seeking, what if they found a people who walked in peace, who walked in the power of God's kingdom? And friend, what that beggar needed 2,000 years ago outside the temple at the beautiful gate, people need today. It's not just silver or gold, although that's a real tangible need we'll talk about later. But friends, what people need, what you need and I need, we have access to in Jesus. I find what else is significant here is where does this miracle take place? Just outside the temple. Friends, many of us are bummed that we couldn't gather in this beautiful room today. Many of us are thinking, man, it's part of my rhythm. It's part of my life in Christ. And you're right, it is. I love gathering together. 
But friends, my hope and my secret hope, that's not secret now because I'm saying it online, my hope is that you and I would begin to lean into the reality that everywhere you go, God goes with you. That your front door, technically, if you're in Christ, is the front door to an encounter with the love and power of Jesus. That your conversation in the conference room, your, your conversation with your fellow students and colleagues at work, or your son or daughter that you've been so busy, but now you're like forced to hang out with because they don't go to school for a couple weeks. Friends, you and I have access to the power of God by the Holy Spirit. Power not to coerce, not to have a personal agenda, but power to release the love of God to people who are broken and bound by fear around us. And maybe you're that person, and I believe there's power for you today to be freed from your fear, not to bury it, but to acknowledge it, to introduce that thought to the reality of Jesus and to receive his truth in exchange. I love the apostles. Silver, silver or gold we don't have, but what we do have. Say that with me. But what we do have, we give you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And friend, friends, yes, there's a place, and we are super devoted with our, with, with our various ministries and our personal lifestyles, the sharing of resources, of needs. Please reach out to us if you're at risk, if there's things you need. That's why we're here for you to partner with God as the body of Christ. But I want you to know that right here and right now, even as you're watching, you have access to the riches of God in the treasure chest of heaven named Jesus Christ. Whatever you need, peace, he has it. Presence, he has it. Provision, he has it. And I want to encourage you today that even as this miracle took place outside the temple, your pastor is incredibly hopeful that we're going to see God move at an unprecedented rate, not just in corporate gatherings, but in our everyday life, if we'll lean into this invitation and not mistake it for an inconvenience but as an open door to reinvestigating what does it mean to be in Christ in this hour with others who pursue him. In fact, right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would strengthen your people all over the Central Coast. Father, there's gonna be those watching all over the world, but today we're praying for the church of our region. I'm praying for pastors, leaders, men and women, boys and girls, Lord, that your spirit, even now, would begin to grip hearts at an unprecedented level. That, God, we would lean into the invitation to pursue you like we never have and to say yes to being the peculiar people of God, those who have something tangible to offer those around us called the presence of Jesus and his love. Father, in the name of Jesus, you've heard this prayer. I just want to encourage us as I wind down that everywhere you go, like Peter and John, you may not have all the answers. You may not have everything figured out personally or as your family or your finances, but if you're in Christ, you have Jesus to give away. That's pretty good on any day of the week or any situation or season. Silver, silver or gold I don't have, but what I do have is Jesus. The peace of Jesus, the presence of Jesus, the power of Jesus. And that's why Pastor Ken really set me up with a softball. That's why I wrote the little ebook on the joy of loving Jesus is that 
as we're having to renegotiate and shuffle our schedules, maybe meeting with him daily hasn't been a high priority. Friends, now is the time to lean into that epic invitation to feast on him. Maybe you can't say, no shame, an invitation. You can't say with Peter or John, I don't have this and this, but I have Jesus. Maybe you don't have that confidence, friends. You can grow in that confidence today. You can grow in that confidence in the days and the weeks ahead. You can know who you are in Christ by leaning in and by pursuing him with a renewed tenacity and a renewed faith. The apostles had a very clear, amazing testimony. We just can't stop talking about what we have seen and heard in Christ. Friends, these next few days and weeks, and I don't know how long, are an invitation to have not hearsay information, but he says information. To press into God for yourself. But Chad, Christianity is not just an individual, personal thing. You're exactly right. We press in together. But it starts with individuals having a little yes in their heart to say, God, I want to grow in this in this season. This, this invitation to pursue, to abide, to feast on the reality of Jesus and his word. So join us in the Gospel of John starting on Monday. Read the ebook. Learn what it means to feast on the abundance of who Jesus is. So like the apostles, you can say, I have Jesus to give away. I love the apostles said, Jesus gave them their mandate in Matthew 10. Freely you've received, now freely give it away. The reality is that the church has an unprecedented invitation that with the secularization of culture, as we've talked about for these last few months off and on, it can feel like the, the church or Jesus followers are kind of stigmatized. And there's some truth to that. We can feel pushed aside to the margins. And friends, instead of growing bitter and cynical and us versus them, what if we leaned into the heart of Jesus? And do you care to know what the heart of Jesus is? Father, I see the mass of humanity who are harassed and who are helpless. They don't have a shepherd to guide them in their life. When Jesus looks at the mass needs around us, he doesn't grow cynical or bitter. He cries out to his father that he would send forth workers into the mess who know the heart of the good shepherd, who can say, follow me as I'm following him. Amen. Friends, that's my great hope this hour that you would be raised up as a leader for your family, for your colleagues, for your coworkers, for your sons and daughters. Maybe for the first time, you would be the answer to Jesus's prayer, that he would raise up under shepherds who carry the heart of, his, of the Father, who walk in love. Lord, that you would do this. Sorry, I'm turning it into a prayer right now. God, raise up leadership in this hour, Father. I pray that you would raise up sons and daughters to become the answer to the cry of Jesus's heart. He saw the mass of humanity and he didn't condemn them. He didn't say, figure it out. He said, Father, send forth those who carry the shepherd's heart. Look, the, the hour before us as the church is not to be the answer men and women, but to be leaders who know where to find the living bread. People who know where the streams of living water flow. Friends, in that stream, the fountainhead is the man Christ Jesus. That even when foundations are shaking, and in many ways they have, we know where to find the Lord. He's on his throne in his holy temple. And by the blood of Jesus, as the Spirit enables and draws, we can partner with Jesus in this hour. Father, send forth workers into my harvest field. It's a year of harvest. Workers and under shepherds who will carry kingdom kindness, not just niceness, although niceness is nothing to slouch at. 
Kindness anchored in the fruit of the Spirit. Compassion, the ability to enter into others' stories. Others' stories to have empathy and to join in their suffering. To offer hospitality and hope instead of hoarding and hate. To offer love and leadership for those who are just right now losing their mind. Well, what ifs with the game of worry and what ifs. And I want you to know that God wants to use his church in a profound way in this hour to offer leadership to those around us. And we know that all of kingdom leadership does not look like glasses on the brow of your nose and looking down. Kingdom leadership looks like a towel in a basin to go low, to serve, to elevate those around us. And let's start this kind of leadership in our own families, in our own homes, in our own network of friends. I wanna challenge you in closing. As God's people, we can set the tone for our families. We can set the tone for the network of friends. We can set the tone for the sphere of influence and the places we have authority because of relationship. We can set the tone by saying, yes, Holy Spirit, to being a winsome witness to the Lordship and reality of Jesus. We can set the tone instead of being generous and uh, instead of hoarding and hiding, we can be generous and, and, and benevolent and hope filled. Instead of fear and anxiety, we can point people to the flourishing streams found under the leadership of Jesus. We are the body of Christ. And for such a time as this, God is calling us to the place of prayer and then faithful witness wherever he will send us from that place called prayer. What if it was that simple? What if all the things that are being stripped back and halted right now are an epic invitation to pursue God, to become those people of peace, those people of the presence, those people who know the power of God, those people who know the provision of God. My prayer for you and for, uh, for myself and for our church and for those watching and for the church of America, the church of the Central Coast, the church all over the earth, is that we would rediscover the riches of what we have in Jesus. Then instead of thinking all the things we don't have, we would lean in and open up that treasure, begin to discover and familiarize ourselves with the reality that we have, the, the treasure that we have. We may not have all the silver or all the gold, but friends, we have Jesus. That's a pretty good place to start. So let's do it. Let's press in. I want to invite you to join us at the altar this week. We'll be streaming. We'll be sending content all throughout the week, social media and email that'll help encourage you in your discipleship and following God in this time. I want to invite you to step in. I want to invite you, instead of hoarding, instead of walking in fear, reach out. But one of my mentors and older brothers, Doug Smith from up north and fellow Nazarene pastor, he said, um, social distance is not social isolation. So reach out to us. Call the office. We're open 9 a.m. Monday through Thursday. Stop by, call us, text us, reach out. You don't have to do life alone. That's the furthest thing from God's heart for you. But we do want to be wise in this hour. You may think I'm not smart enough. 
I don't have all the answers. I didn't go to the right school. I don't possess all the knowledge. And I want you to know none of those are things that actually disqualify you or me in this hour. If you have Jesus, start with that. Let's start with that together. Let me pray with us. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this story. Thank you, Lord, that whether we're Peter and John going to prayer, we feel like that beggar who's lame outside the temple. Wherever we're at on the story, the answer and the hope is still the same, Jesus. The reality of Jesus. And Father, I pray right now that you would lift us up. You would give us strength in our ankles just like this man. I pray that you would just put that spirit of rejoicing instead of a spirit of despair. I pray, Lord, you would take our ashes and give us beauty. I pray instead of a spirit of mourning, Lord, you would restore a gladness that's infectious upon your people. God, I pray for a courage and a boldness to simply live and move and have our being in you, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, that we would say yes to loving with a greater fervor and intensity that we would say yes to living with a greater awareness of the Father's love. And I pray that you would loose the power and the reality of the kingdom of God that all flows from the name and nature of Jesus. Father, would you pour out grace and strength upon your people today? In Jesus' mighty name, we all said amen, amen. and amen. Hey, lastly, before we sign off, I just want to encourage you. Obviously, we're not gathering here on a Sunday. And you know, and I don't do a great job at this, but I'm gonna get better. Last week, when we made known that we needed $3,000 for a baptism, someone, three, three different families wrote the check for $3,300 plus to buy a baptism. You should be clapping wherever you're at watching. And I want you to know that the church has expenses, this big building. And I know in this season of negotiation, we understand some of you are under stress. Reach out to us. But I just want to personally invite you to continue giving your tithes and your offerings. It's a part of what it means to be God's people in covenant together. If there's any way we can partner with you, reach out to us. But you can go online, cornerstonesm.org giving. Or give, you can find it online. You can drop by a tithe check or your offering by the office during office hours this week and just reach out to us. We want to thank you for your continued faithfulness as God's people called Cornerstone Church. Bless you guys. But what we do have, we have Jesus. So let's press into him and let's give him away together. Amen.